It's the Monster Baby Podcast. Hi, everybody. This is a curious romp through the worlds of mindfulness and improvisation with your hosts, Ted DeMaison and Lisa Rowlands. Wow. Yeah. Here we are. This is a, you know, we're in this, we're in this little space here. Little space feels like summertime's ending. Here comes fall, election coming up. A lot going on in the world, and here's a little little moment of time. We're just taking a little moment of time right in the middle, hanging out, yep. hanging out. This episode is actually inspired by a story that Ted heard and thought it would be a good centerpiece for our, for our episode. So, Just a wee little thing. It's oh. a tiny little story, but lots of, lots of possible ex- explorations. So we dive into some of them, and I'll bet you're going to come up with some on your own. As you listen, it is yeah. a yeah. It's a pretty delightful, compelling little little tale, a uh, little fable. So, so I hope you I hope you like it. Yeah, and we'll give you uh, you know we catch up. We haven't we haven't been on in a while, so we catch up a little bit at the beginning and you know, just check in. Imagine you're sitting with us chatting, and if you were sitting here, we'd ask you to check in too, and we want to know how you're doing. But uh, before we get to the to the meat of the can we say meat with a vegetarian. Host. Yeah, yeah, we can say meat. That's okay. Before we I get know to the that meat, it's out there. Yeah. Okay. Before we get to the meat of the episode, just uh, I want to let you know that I've got a, a new class coming up called The Right to Speak, Finding and Freeing Your Natural Voice. It's all about getting personal presence and finding your breath so that you can form your words with power and clarity and uh, interest for your listeners. And uh, that starts on October 6th. 6 o'clock p.m. Pacific time and six-week class. If you're interested, playfulmindfulness.info. It's really fun and would love to have you there. Super cool. And I don't have anything specific to pump right now, but shows start on October 2nd at BATS, 8 p.m. every Friday and Saturday. We're doing loads of new stuff with new people. We're like, it's really an experimental time. I'm really excited about it. So check that out, improv.org. Yeah, I love it. Come, Come join the fun. Yeah. So, okay. Anything else before we get in there, Lise? I don't think so. Let's let's take it away. Start the show, ramp it up, crank the wheels, and hop on board. <laughs> to Ted's a magnificent flying machine. <laughs> All right, off you go. Enjoy, everybody. I had something really interesting happen recently. I was on a, a call with Applied Improvisation Network folks, AIN folks. Yeah. And it was an open space meeting. So we get together and people just come to hang out. And there's some people were naming things that they want to do. When somebody said, oh, well, Ted's here. Ted, will you play the game Jumpin' Jehoshaphat? I've been thinking about that game and I've been trying to play it. And I'm wondering if it's applicable in other arenas. And I, I was like, uh, yeah, sure. And it's one of the games that I have on my on my um, spontaneity school posts on the Anima Learning blog. I don't even know if I've ever played it, but it's a game I just made up. And so it's like I felt so important that somebody's like, "Can we play your game? Can we play that?" I'm like, "Yes, yes, let's absolutely we'll play the game." Wait, what sure. is it? What can we play it? Yeah, absolutely. So the way I originally envisioned it was that one person just says something that they're astounded by, right? And then says to the effect of, uh, well, Jumpin' Jehoshaphat's like this, wow, I'm astounded. So you say something you're astounded by and say, well, it's got two parts to it. Well, you know, cross my crickets and slip me in the creek. 
Ah. And then the other person is also astounded. And so they say some other two-part thing. And you just go back and forth with these two-part exclamations of wonder and astonishment. But Matt Weinstein, the guy who wanted to use it, wanted to use it as a wrap-up exercise. And so he's like, well, what if we have people say something that they got out of the session? So it's like... Uh, <laughs> Like well, jumping Jehoshaphat, a collaboration gets easier when you say yes and. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I, bite my buttons and call me Cindy. Exactly. Iron the crickets and take it to evening tide. Drive my truck and bring me back wet. Whoa, God. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> That's. <laughs> Lacquer my cabinet and trail the snail snake. <laughs> and the more you go, the faster you go, the more stuff comes out. You're like, what? Oh, it's really fun. Yeah. It's really fun. I, I've I've done I've done games before that make up proverbs or expressions. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you know, uh we'll do like old 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 Irish sayings or, you know, like, well, you know what they always say, if you catch a cow on Monday and then you finish it. <laughs> You'll be moving all week. Yeah. Surely. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, it, uh, yeah, but that, but I love that, that, that model of, well, blank my blank and, and blank me blanking. Blank. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tap, tap my That's faucet and come around the back door. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that happened. <laughs> so I felt so honored by by his wanting to play it. And we had a great, and then people played it and we demonstrated it in a small group. And then we brought it to the big group and people were cracking up. Oh, God, I felt so accomplished. It was like, oh yeah, yeah, I, I create games. But <laughs> it was the one I had created. I don't know if I'd ever played it. I just put it into the blog post because I thought this would be fun. That's amazing. That's cool. That's great. Yeah. I feel like maybe you and I played that game on a podcast once a long time ago, but we're getting this, this podcast is getting long in the tooth, you know, in that it's been four and a half years now. It's wild. And 80 plus episodes. I was thinking about that the other day and, and how that's just a lot of episodes. We've talked about a lot of stuff and people have listened to a lot of stuff. So yeah. you people who are listening, thank you for sticking with us. For real. And uh, and for real, what an honor! What an honor! It's, to, it's so cool, yeah. Yeah, to have you. And, and we just this week passed fifty thousand downloads. That's that's episode a big downloads. Number. So you know, here we go, and wow. Um, <laughs> so there's a lot, a lot of stuff in there. I mean, I've been I've been feeling good about these things. So talk to me. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. I had a I had an interesting day. So I'm feeling, I don't know if you have this, but whenever I have an intense emotional experience, mm -hmm. once I come through it, I usually feel good, like yeah. re ready, open, that sort of thing. Totally. So today I, I got some vaccines, which was the first time in a long time. And I'm not a big fan of needles, so we can say that. What were they, what were they vaccinating you against? Uh, outrage. Oh, how lucky. Uh, yeah. Um, absolutism. Uh-huh. Great. Yeah. 
and, <laughs> and right. grief and grief. I wish oh. there's a vaccine for grief. No, maybe not. No, I yeah. I, I, there were three vaccines or three sets. One was for hepatitis A and B. Okay. So I've never had it. I guess the last time I had my blood tested, I don't have any antibodies. So it seems like a good thing to, to have. Yeah. Uh, one was measles, mumps, and rubella. Sure. Which is used to be you only had to have one as a child, and now they're saying you should get an update as an adult. And then tetanus, and there's some word with a P. I forget. Piranha? No. <laughs> so, you know, every 10 years, you're supposed to get it. Probably not going to need it. I don't, you know, play with fish hooks or walk on rusty planks, but you never know. You know, life is long. You, I, you can't make promises yeah. about those yeah. things. So, and I'm, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but I'm skeptical of vaccines. So, you know, there's that like, and I really don't like needles. So anyway, I- You're skeptical that they work? I'm skeptical that, that they're necessary. And part of me is like, you know, pharmaceutical industry and money making and that kind of thing. Yeah. I just like, what are the ingredients and in are, have they become more chemical than they need to be? And I'm also really supportive of the idea of like, Hey, let's make sure our community doesn't get sick and yeah. let, let's take part in that. I really like that notion. Right. So yeah. I like the idea of it. So, okay. Well, so anyway, but I always have to kind of gird Gear my loins. Up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> To get in there and I call and I'm like, I make sure everybody knows I'm going to need to lie down just so you know, I'm going to need to lie down. And I went in there and the, the nurse was, uh, Amparo was very lovely. It was very kind. And I had two shots in my left arm, one in my right. And sure enough, you know, I laid down and got the shot. It didn't hurt as much as I thought it would, but I need to cry in between. And I cried and my body just has this reaction of like, I, I don't know, past life, was I a drug, die of a drug overdose or something? It just, I always have this response. It like activates something deep and disturbing for you. Yep. And I, a lesson I learned a long time ago about feelings is like, if I'm crying, it doesn't make sense to try to stuff it back in. That just creates tension and dis-ease. So I let it come through. And so I feel a little spacey and a little, uh, (laughs) a little open-hearted. But uh, a little light, but I feel good that I got my vaccines and good for you, Ted. Yeah. Uh, Nice practice also doing a hard thing that you don't like doing and then being like, oh, yeah, Mm. no, I did that. I can do hard things I don't like. Mm -hmm. Like, that's nice. Yeah, I I felt like a a good adult, right? Uh, Although there was the, (laughs) I did treat myself to going shopping for a couple puzzles afterwards. I was driving by Target and I was like, hmm. Yeah, I'll take that comfort. Yeah, yeah, totally. A little minor retail therapy. That's good. I got, I got one of the national parks and one of Star Wars, so I should be good to go. That's great. Well, yeah, add yeah. it to your other 35 puzzles that you have. That's right. I'm, so I'm you should be good to go. I'm good. If you're and in a bunker for a very long time, you are not going to out-puzzle yourself. Who knows what's going to happen in the next couple of months? There could be some bunkers. But the, the other thing that, that helped make it uh, doable was that it was part of this larger inkling. And so I wanted to share this with you and, and with the listeners as well, that 
I got every so often in my life, I get this little blink of like, follow this, Ding. come here, you yeah. know, like you're in the forest and you see the little thing reflecting in the distance, like, what's that? And again, the Applied Improvisation Network, one of our colleagues, Erica Marks, said she was going to Bermuda with her family because Bermuda has this new program to welcome in people who can work remotely. And they can come in, they get a special dispensation and you can stay there for up to a year and don't have to pay taxes in Bermuda. And like, hmm. I saw that, I was like, I think I want to go to Bermuda. So that I'm just intrigued by it and that like maybe I'm going to go. I don't know yet if I'm going to end up being there. But I'm kind of like putting some wheels in motion, doing some research, yeah. trying to find a place to stay. And love it. I love it. Do I go on my own? Do I go some somebody else? Like uh, but, but all these, all these pieces in place. And but it's feeling like, mm, it's pulling you. It's still pulling. It's pulling you. me. And so the vaccines were part of that. As it turns out, I don't have to have vaccines to go to Bermuda, but they recommend them. And so I'm like, I'll oh, just let's get that knocked out. See, okay, that's in place. Now I've got fewer fewer things in the way of making this possible. But I like one of the last ones that I had like this was go to California. And then so many things have come out of that. So like, I don't know. I don't know what's in Bermuda. That's Maybe pretty it's just cool. some nice shorts, but that's you know. pretty cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Triangle, Amelia Earhart. You're going to find it all. I told, I imagine if I found Amelia Earhart, I'd be a wealthy man. I, yeah. My mom was concerned about the Bermuda Triangle part. Really? Yeah. I don't even know, really. I know that it's a place where people disappear, maybe, where planes disappear. Yeah, planes disappear, weird stuff happens, What's radio the signals go out. Though? Like, where's the, where does the triangle go from? In it's like from Bermuda to Florida to some other place. Because Bermuda is like east of North Carolina. It's actually pretty far north. It's not down in the Caribbean. Really? Yeah, it's pretty far up there. And it's just this 20-mile 20 mile, 20 long island or set of islands. It's very thin. And uh, yeah, it's a tiny, tiny little place out in the middle of nowhere. Wow. Oh, I definitely put it in my mind closer to like a, like a Polynesia uh, oh, latitude. I mean, I knew it was in the other ocean. I knew that it okay. was in the okay. Atlantic and not the Pacific. But, yeah, yeah. but I put it down down in that zone. Yeah, no, it's, it's pretty far north. Wow. Far oh, north. that's yeah. cool. Yeah, and it's apparently... Where is Guam? Guam, Guam is in the Pacific. Guam's in the Pacific. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Probably on the other side of the planet from Bermuda. Great. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so now you know where Bermuda is. They are not buddies, Guam and They're, Bermuda. No, Guam, no, they don't. They don't know each other. They, they don't hang out. No, even when Pangea was together, they didn't know each they other. They weren't. That wasn't even their time. Okay. Great. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Carry on. It's far enough out there, though, it, that they don't grow their own food. And all of their water comes from rain, capturing rainwater off the roofs and things. British territory, so like it's not the US, apparently doing very well with COVID. Like they're on it. They're on it. You get you get there, you have I to have taken a test before you arrive. You take a test when you arrive, take a test four days later, take a test seven days later, boom. Yeah. Don't Great. mess around. Great. So we'll see. I'll have yeah. more to report later, but Great. I'm excited about you that. Drive on the left side, huh? I mean, on, yeah, on the left side. They do. And you can't drive as a visitor until you're there for three months. And then you can take a Bermuda driver's test. I like that. It's kind of cool. I think that's nice. Apparently, scooters are very dangerous in Bermuda because 
there's a Bermuda like Facebook group for like, Hey, this is what's going on in Bermuda. And one of their rules is you can't post anything about scooters because they're like, scooters are dangerous. They're horrible. They're terrible. We want nothing to do with scooters. Don't post anything about scooters. Wow. Yeah. So it's walking, biking, or having a friend drive you somewhere. Oh, you must document your experience. This would be really fun. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And we'll do some, yeah. we'll do some pods from, uh, from Bermuda. Bermuda pods. We'll see. We'll see. And I hope to get there before Bermuda pods before it gets too chilly because it gets gets chilly in the winter. Like not crazy chilly, but they don't have heating. They don't have central heating, most of the buildings. So it's like it might be 55 degrees out, but you just never get warm. Mm. So one of my friends was like, yeah, we have to wear hats sometimes. Like, oh, well, yeah, right. I have to wear, <laughs> I have to wear a hat every night at Daily City. <laughs> so well, I should be good with that. So anyway, cool. That's my update. Vaccines Great. in Bermuda. That's, well, yeah. here's my update. Mm. I just wrote my first letters for Vote Forward. My letters to voters. So what? What is that? So Vote Forward is an organization that is designed to to its goal is to increase civic participation to, 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 to encourage people to vote. So they have a voter registration drive where you can write letters mm -hmm. to people telling them how to vote and where to vote, mm -hmm. and encouraging them to do that. And they also have a drive to get out the vote, to say, hey, I hope you will vote. And that's tar targeting registered voters, Okay, just encouraging them to do that. And research has shown that handwritten letters are an effective way to do that, that it does huh. increase voter turnout. And it's the easiest thing. And I've been sort of intending to for a long time and not do, not do it, not joining the effort hmm. to like, okay, we gotta, yeah, yeah. let's do this. Like, let's get, let's turn people out. And so I just went on, I went on vote forward. There's like a couple day process where you have to be approved because they need to make sure you're not a bot or whatever. And then you get a, a letter. There's like a three minute video that you watch. That's like, here's how this works. And then you download how could, how all the- Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. How could you be a bot? I have no idea. How could you be a bot and do a handwritten letter? You, well, you can't. <laughs> I was that's like, why, uh, that's why they're not going to assign you. They're not going to assign you letters if you're a bot asking for permission to sign up. They're like, oh, 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 oh. Do you know what I mean? So it's like you're like, I would like to write letters, and they're like, great, we'll get back to you in a in a couple of days to to approve I you. I see. I see. I thought you had to send a handwritten letter to prove you weren't a bot. It was like, but what if the bot can write a handwritten letter? Bots what? can do amazing. They, bots no, can what? do amazing. Surely, surely a robot could write it in cursive. There's no. Um, yeah. yeah, the problem is no. <laughs> I just, I just saw a thing that said, "You will be notified if you're writing to young voters, because you shouldn't write in cursive because yep. they can't read it." Yep. Yep, I saw that too. Anyway. Oh, oh. True. Yeah. Anyway, so I got so you get you can get a batch of five voters or a batch of twenty voters, and you download these letters, and you print them, and it's like dear blank, and you write in their name, and then you, it's like a a printed paragraph that like is encouraging them to vote, and then it says I vote because, and you fill in your like one to three sentences about why voting is important to you. So it's a hybrid letter. It is hybrid. It is not 100% handwritten. Oh, interesting. And research says that that works too. Yeah. I imagine. And you sign okay. your name at the end and then you handwrite the 
address on the envelope and you write your, you don't write your return address. They give you a return address. That's like a local, mm. like vote forward office or whatever. Mm. Um, and I just, and did you, I just did my you, five. Are you writing to people in swing states or locally? This one was to, to people in Texas. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Wow. Good for you. Thanks for doing that. I feel I'm so jazzed and it didn't take me that long. Yeah. And I'm like, I could do another five tonight. And then I could You're, do it. Like I want to commit to five every day until the election. Love it. You're a or, until, uh, or until we send them, which is the send date is October 17th. Right. So I'm like, that's 23 days from now. I can write 115 letters in those 20 days. Fantastic. It feels great to me. You're going to turn the tide. Me alone. Those 115 yeah. voters. Boom. <clears throat> but it does feel good. I was at somebody's. I, I ran into somebody and in our like small talk, Hey, how you doing? How you been? Blah, blah, blah. He was like, Hey, so what are you doing for the election? And I loved the question because I was like, yes, of course, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Like, this is what we need mm -hmm. to be asking one another. Like, how are you involved? Oh, cool. What is your effort? And it, it, it felt, I've never been a super involved mm -hmm. person. I've always vote. Right. But I've never, you know, well, well, 2008, I canvassed for Obama. Like I went to mm -hmm. Reno and knocked on doors and delivered information. And it was like really exciting. And I loved it. You know, I loved it. And that was in 08. That was in 08. Mm. Cool. First time. Yeah. First Obama time. Yeah. Oh, it was so exciting. It was just thrilling to watch. And then Nevada went blue and it was like, <gasps> we were a part of this. Yeah. You yeah, know, so it cool. just felt so good. But other than that, like I'm not a routine sort of like I'm not I'm not super engaged in my right right in that sort of civic participation. So I was really stoked to do this, and I, I found it very low impact and and totally doable. Fantastic. Yeah, felt great about yeah. it. That's great. So that's my that's my big news for the day. Love it. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm also wearing a dress right now that. Um, I remember wearing it in Paris in June of last year. Mm. And it reminds me of Paris. And I like am basking in the memories of a different time. C'est une histoire extraordinaire. It's an extraordinary history. Yes. Uh, C'est une ville magnifique. It's a great city, beautiful oh, city. Oh, great, yes, great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just tossing out my rudimentary French, but yeah, I can make it sound good. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, I'm wearing a shirt that I got at Costco. So great. Reminds me of like, uh, big things of Pirate's Booty. Ouais, magnifique, quel <laughs> Costco. Ouais, très bien, très bien. <laughs> Your French is really good. Super good, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I find if you just turn the knob up on the accent, you don't need any vocabulary. That's that's pretty much how it is with any accent. And, you know, you might be turning up the knob on the offensive to a knowing listener, but you might not. I don't know. Yeah, I, sorry. I don't say that accusatorily. <laughs> Anybody who's, any French listeners out there. If I offended you, I apologize. I yeah. love your language and your country. <laughs> There's a lot of French-speaking countries. I didn't mean to. Anyway. Uh. Those of you in French Polynesia, 
Tahiti. Senegal. I don't know if we have any listeners in Tahiti yet, though we're over 65 countries now. Okay. All right. But here's the deal. You don't know the topic for today. No. Which is kind of fun. Yeah. I, I like this. I like when you don't know or when I don't know, when one of us doesn't know. S- yeah. Surprise. Sp- yeah. Springing the surprise. So I, here, here it is. <laughs> you ready? How did you, how did you arrive at it? Our friend, William Hall. Oh, great. Oh, great. I was inspired by William Hall. Cool. Who's a, an improviser at BATS and does all sorts of Applied uh, improv and improv. Yeah, he's part of the Applied Improv Network. He and I chatted on the phone the other day. And he told me two stories. The the first, I just want to tell you because it's funny. It's fun. The second one, I thought, like, oh, let's do the podcast. So the first one was about the Dalai Lama. And the Dalai Lama was conducting a ceremony for somebody who had died and was whispering, apparently, Tibetan monks whisper text from sacred uh, or words from sacred Tibetan texts into the ears of the deceased as a blessing to like whatever the afterlife is or like transition and this sort of thing. And there was some Western reporter who was there observing and afterwards was talking to the Dalai Lama was like, you know, a little bit bit self-righteous. Yeah. Like, so what if, what if they're just dead? What if there's nothing there? And the Dalai Lama breaks out in a big smile and laughs and he says, well, then it doesn't matter. <laughs> just, this is great. I love that notion of like somebody trying to do a gotcha and he's just like, eh, no, yeah. doesn't. Well, we, we then nothing to resist And I just here. whispered to a dead person. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the other story was also apparently a Tibetan story and Hold on, hold on. I just have to like think about that because I think that another thing that's so delightful about that is like the Dalai Lama's lack of attachment to whether to what this means. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's he's crazy. he's fully invested. He's doing it. He's doing the ceremony. I'm sure he knows how important it is for other people that he's yeah. there. And sort of willing to entertain, like, I love that. Well, then it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, like I accept that as a possibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It kind I'd of takes all the wind out of the sails of the of the like mm-hmm. the challenge. It's just like a little challenging question. I'd love to have that equanimity when people challenge me or try to throw me off. Like, eh, okay, could be. So the second story, again, I think it's Tibetan. Could be. Forgive forgive me for whomever's whoever the lineage of the story. I got it from William, uh, but. Apparently who there's a tiger Tibetan. who's definitely not Tibetan. Tiger chasing somebody. Okay. Person jumps off the cliff, trying to avoid the tiger, grabs a branch on the way down. Branch sticking out from the cliff. Hanging on the branch. Tiger above, roaring menacingly. Looks down. Another tiger on the ground, menacing, looking up. No oh boy. Crap. Yeah. yeah. Where'd he go? Looks on the branch, sees a single strawberry on the branch, holds on with one hand, plucks a strawberry with the other, eats the strawberry, and it's the most delicious strawberry ever. And that's it. That's the story. So then, (laughs) I don't remember who said it, whether it was me or William, said, what's your strawberry? So that's it. That's the inspiration. 
like we're between a rock and a hard place. Tiger up above, tiger below. This is like a story for life. I've got some ideas about what it means, but like, what's the strawberry? Ah. And I want to explore the story with you and parse it out and see what we get. A little mindfulness, a little improv. I don't know. I just, I'm fascinated by this idea. Oh, I like that. <clears throat> so what are you asking me? What's my strawberry? I'm well, first off, I'm like, what comes to mind when you hear the story? Like, what are the, what are the meanings? What are the, what do you hear in there? What's, Well, we don't know how it ends for that person. No, we don't. We don't know if the tigers wander away, if that person climbs back up the cliff, if, the, if they drop but are okay, if they find a ledge to hang out on. Like, we don't know. Mm -hmm. But we know that in a moment of most peril, they, it's worth a little bit of risk to experience delight. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, they risk something. They let right. go with one they hand. They let go with one hand. That's right. Yeah. And grab the strawberry. And it's so delicious. It's I delicious. guess for me, it's like, for me, oh God, right now it feels so poignant because there's so much horror everywhere. Mm -hmm. And it feels like the hits just keep coming. Like there's mm -hmm. just around the corner, there's another horrific thing. It's mm -hmm. just, there will be another. And... When I first heard the story, I said to William, oh, one of the tigers is COVID and one of the tigers is the election. That's what came to mind for me. Yeah, I mean, but pick your thing. One of the tigers is wildfires and one of the tigers is the Supreme Court seat and, one, and right. RBG's yep. death. And one of the fires is police, tigers is police brutality. And one of the tigers, you know, just like pick your, I mean, pick, you know. Pick your freaking tiger. Pick your tiger. Like the tigers are so many... Yeah, there's so many, there's so mm -hmm. many things. And that, and that, th so then the other piece that feels so poignant about that story is that com complete enjoyment is possible in a very, very painful situation. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy. I think it can feel hard to fully enjoy things while there's so much wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And remembering that that joy and pain can exist in different lanes, different columns. So mm -hmm. you can feel, this is, this is clown neutral. You can feel a maximum mm -hmm. of pain and you can feel a maximum of joy and they both are there and neither one of them diminishes the other. Yeah. Like the beauty and the sweetness and the succulence of the strawberry doesn't make it better that there's tigers waiting for you on both sides. It mm. doesn't, it doesn't reduce that. Hor that horrific situation and the tigers don't reduce the joy of the strawberry i love that and then there's also then the other piece of it is that it's a small delight mm -hmm. it's not like the magnitude of the goodness needs to match the magnitude of the badness in order for it to count right you know what I mean? I do. Like the do. sweetness of a strawberry is enough. Enough. I mean, that's an interesting thing to, it's like, but, but the sweetness but it just of the strawberry is, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, is, is, is there entirely. It doesn't, it's not like, uh, it's like, <laughs> it's like the sweetness of the strawberry totally registers on the scale. 
it doesn't need to be it the it doesn't need to be a bigger good in order to register it's like no 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 right. this, this tiny good registers yeah it's not the carnival coming to town and all of the big tops and you know crazy uh, yeah. i don't want to say crazy people the you know the performers and the uh, acrobats and all those people are like wow big circus and stimulation it's just no just this one thing perfect little one, thing one, one, one little moment yeah I love, I love the, I love that, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Paradox. So I'm right with you on that. <laughs> William, when he, after we chatted about a little bit, said that he thought maybe one of the tigers was birth and one of the tigers was death. Whoa. And like, cause birth is so painful. And like, we come into this world, like what the hell? We just painful experience of coming, coming out of mom and into the world and like I'm going from a fish to an airplane I mean we also it's super painful for the mom we don't know exactly what it is for the kid well okay it's at least a big change it's a big change I mean it's squeezy but I would hate to you know I would hate to assume that it's horrible for a kid it's like you know squeezy that was the name of the the kid who beat me up in second grade hey squeezy leave me alone squeezy (laughs) hey you got two bucks Oh, squeezy! Stop! Yeah, stop. it's for my chocolate milk. Two <laughs> bucks. What? Are, that'd be like buying milk for the whole class. Super anyway. gourmet chocolate milk. <laughs> you pay that for it, you know, in one of the in one of the quote unquote corner stores on Valencia that sells like nineteen dollar chocolate bars and like. Squeezy! How will I buy the Ghirardelli chocolate milk? Then? <laughs> oh. So, all right, but so birth, okay, let's at least say it's at least a big transition. Tiger up top and like death, like we're so afraid of death and, you know, terrified of leaving. We're like, we're stuck in the middle hanging on to this little thing we call life. But like, oh, so that was where the question like, okay, if that's, if that little branch is life, this tenuous place in between birth and death, what's the strawberry? I was like, what is my strawberry? You know? I, I have a hard time thinking, well, I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I The first two things that come to mind for me mm-hmm. are creativity and love. Yeah. I, I love creative expression, making music, drawing, singing, improv, even this podcast or writing, like there's something about that process and happening and it's just joyous and like art in the world murals on walls and like it's kind of like songbirds singing is is the yeah it's it's inherently celebratory yeah i just i just love it and then the other is is the experience of love and then how being cared for or caring for another person or help um appreciating somebody really seeing them or really being seen by them or or, uh, watching changes over time and being able to like register. Yeah. I really have an affection. Like that's kind of, for me, like that's the thing that just a little taste of that goes a long way. Yeah. And that that's kind of what we're here for. Like the strawberry almost feels like purpose, right? Like what's your strawberry? Like, well, this is like, what is your life about? So I'm going, those are my first two, Draft choices, mm. creativity, and love. Yeah, that sounds right. I'll go with that. You go. Cool. Yeah. I did. I. I. Uh, 
we did this exercise with the bats company at the end of february where we all identified our personal values and then used it as a as a way to come to company values you just and say say for new listeners bats company the bats bats improv improv uh, an improvisational theater company in san francisco the company is the main stage company of players we are an ensemble Great. of players and so you did, did an exercise where you outlined your values yeah and mine ended up be you know it was a thing where it's like you know pick 10 and then like discard five and then discard one and then discard another one and then and then discard one more you know it's like mm-hmm. getting down to the core of it and the, my two that were remaining were love and play how about that it's like love and play but that's what it is we're here to love each other and play with each other we're here to love and play like love and so what's the difference between play and creativity if know. any I think that play feels, I'm not sure. If I had to take a stab at it, I would say play feels a little more collaborative mm-hmm. than creativity. Creativity can be mm-hmm. sort of done alone. Right. And that's, I think that's a version of play. You're sort of, play, you know, there is, a, there is play. It, there's, there's, a, there's a strong overlap on the Venn diagram of play and creativity. Right. But like playing games, Mm-hmm. is not necessarily mm-hmm. creative expression. You're not necessarily creating something new, but you are engaging playfully with another person or another right. entity or whatever. And you, know, you can play with your dog. It's not really creative expression, but you're still playing. You're sort of joyfully engaging mm-hmm. for the purpose of the engagement. I think of, uh, when you said it, I had that sense too, that play was more interactive. Yeah. Of course, creativity can be. If you've got ensemble work you're doing, um, or you're or you're building something together, and there's a way that creative when you're when you're doing creative expression, you're 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 playing with your own ideas and inspiration. I mean, yes. there's like given to right. there, but it's not as other in other oriented. Yeah, and then there's also play, which is solo. I mean, I I can watch my cat Marley. You know, she'll just run up and down the hallway like a bat out of hell, back and forth, and she'll. Yeah, or like have a little puffball in her mouth and be, you know, brrr, growling. She's not playing with me. She's not playing with her sister Luna. She's just doing her own thing. You know, she's yeah. having a ball. Or kids, like kids play solo a lot. Mm-hmm. Sort of imaginative solo play where they mm-hmm. build worlds and they make things happen and they and they engage and you know. So right. anyway, both of those. But it feels like mm-hmm. a spirit of play and a spirit of love. Mm-hmm. Those were my values. But but I I'm having trouble with this idea. of life being this desperate situation that you're just lucky if you find a moment of delight in, which it feels uh-huh. like in the, in this parable of like, there's a tiger behind and a tiger below, like everything's awful and you're hanging on, but you, it can only end poorly, but Hey, at least there's a strawberry. Feels <laughs> yeah, right. So, right. Feels so uh, bleak. Well, that's interesting because yeah, what comes to mind for me is, it's only bleak if you're concerned about the past or the future, right? Because in this moment, it's really great. So like maybe it renews each one. It's like a little groundhog day. Like, oh, what's the strawberry now, right? Like it's, that's the question. It's like what's happening right now that's what's happening right now is the strawberry right in front of you. And 
if you keep looking up up at the past and down at the future or you know the other direction yeah you're missing the point because you don't have to be afraid of those things this is right here right now and right in front of yeah, you yeah 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 and that's that nice. sounds that sounds a little flip or no um, I, I like it cozy not cozy uh, convenient maybe mm. but it's also the, the, i think there's something there yeah i mean i think that's like the whole point of i mean did lot. i crack the code on the koan <gasps> Am I, are we enlightened now i like it <laughs> i think that's cool i like that yeah. I mean, it's, it is pretty profound here's the strawberry question yeah. When you eat strawberries, do you eat the little green thing on the top of it? No. Okay. I don't. I don't either. Except when I put strawberries into the blender. When I put fresh strawberries into the into the Vitamix, I feel like such a a raw foods like jungle guy because I'm like that strawberry's going in there with the <laughs> with the greens on top. I love that. Putting them in there. I love ah. that strawberry greens in your smoothie makes you feel like a rugged jungle guy, Ted. I'm a, I'm a little new agey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, yeah, it's not like I'm putting in uh, shark bones. or Do sharks have bones? No, they only have cartilage, right? They have it's cartilage. Like, but either teeth, way, I teeth. don't. I think the smoothie is really what what erases the <laughs> oh, rugged jungle oh. guy thing. I mean, like, I think you're putting anything in your smoothie. Like, it's not. Really? What if I was putting in, like, you know, three scoops of mega, mega power protein mix? I, Wouldn't that be like, I'm like getting jacked? Sure, sure. Oh, speaking of which, that was another good thing about the vaccines is I have to exercise my arms. So I'm going to, like, do more of my. my Talk about my, a strawberry. My exercise. Right. Like. Okay, we're gonna go full power twice a yeah. day now. We're ramping it up. Hmm. All right. Well, I'll have to work on throwing something else in there. I got a I got a tarot card recently, which inspired me. Okay. I'm gonna share it because it's tangentially related. Hold on. You you say tarot, I say tarot. Okay. Henry David Tarot, tarot root powder. That's, you could put that in a smoothie as well. Would it make you a rugged jungle guy? I don't think so. <laughs> I think it would make you a person of the earth. Tarot root. Okay, so it's the moon for those tarot aficionados out there. Everybody, uh, tarot aficionados, go ahead and raise your hand unless you're driving. Keep both hands on the wheel. But... Raise your hand right now. Okay, I see you out there. Yep, Let's be great. honest. I drive with one hand all the time. Okay, it's not like a recommended. You can drive. do it. We just can't endorse it. We can't endorse Especially it. Especially if you're listening in Bermuda. Don't. Don't, you know, with one hand. okay, so here's the deal. It's the moon. It's a very beautiful, I, it's a very beautiful card. The first thing I always do when I pull a card and like, I'm not, I'm not well versed in the deck. So I don't, I don't immediately know what it means or represents. I don't have, right. I don't have an immediate sort of relationship to it. So the first thing I do when I pull it is just see if I like it or not. It's like, well, did I, do I, do I sort of like how this makes me feel? Mm. The visual or, or, the, or the name of it or? Visually. Uh-huh. Like, how does that, how do I feel when I look at that card? Sure, sure. And what do I think it might have to tell me even before I have read the meaning, right? And I okay. liked the moon card 
And the thing that I thought, the thing that I thought it was telling me actually reminds me of a story, which is once upon a time I was living in Barcelona and I had a job working under the table at a British pub called the Philharmonic, La Philharmonica. And for a tiny, angry Catalonian man who just took advantage of all these expats who were, he was paying under the table and giving zero. Like I, it was just, it was horrible. And I had no business working. I was just like, it was too tough for me, my like delicate sensibilities at the time. Uh And I got fired. Mm. And because I asked for a day off, it's like I hadn't had a day off in 12 days or something. And I was like, I need, I need a day off. And he was like, if you take a day off, you're never coming back. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Time for a vacation, yeah. And I said, okay. well, I'm not coming. I'm not working yeah. tomorrow, whatever. So, but, I, you know, I'd never been fired from anything before. And that was like a, that was a, an experience. And I remember being sort of shaken by it. And mm. I walked back, I walked outside. And I remember being, I was on, for those of you who know Barcelona, it's not Las Ramblas. It's like the big... Uh, avenue heading up from the Plaza Catalunya. Mm. Anyway, I have it in my mind. I don't remember the name of it, but I have it in my mind. A big, broad, a big, broad uh, boulevard with like the little medians in the middle where the tram stops and mm-hmm. the and the printed sidewalk squares. Like they they have mm-hmm. stamped sidewalk squares, so they're sort of like it's just beautiful. And I remember I walked out onto the sidewalk, and and I was standing there. And I looked up and it was a full moon, a mm-hmm. clear night, bright full moon. And I, I had this like moment of perspective where I was mm-hmm. like, the moon doesn't give a shit that I just got fired. Mm-hmm. I'll be okay. Yeah, nice. You know, there was this like bird's eye view thing that happened. Mm-hmm. So when I first pulled the moon, I was like, oh, that's nice. It's like, just like squint your eyes and soften your gaze and look from farther away. And all of the ups and downs that you're feeling right now, like all of the- Oh yeah sharp edges of despair and difficulty and being like whipped around by any number of little things that happen are they ultimately they'll smooth out and it's not, they're not going to carry the day. So can you access some of that now? Right. Well, that was nice. my first thought. And a then nice meta, nice meta move. The move yeah. Is that, like the orbiting distance. perspective of like, yeah, yeah. That distance from this. okay. And then, but when I read the meaning, that's not actually what it, that wasn't mm. its perspective. The meaning is that which wanes will grow full again. Mm. There may be obstacles to overcome and cycles of good fortune and bad. Struggle through the darkness and glad times will return. Mm. Embrace that which darkness can bring. Then daylight will return all the sooner. Oh, interesting that they, they give that, but do they also have the like, if things are going really well, remember that it's precious and it will get empty again. But like, because it could go both ways. Yeah, well, I mean, I that was that's the deal. There's going to be cycles okay. of good fortune and bad. Right. Mm-hmm. No, it didn't. It didn't give that. It said if you pull it reversed, then it it means hidden threats and enemies. If you have a secret, it may be exposed. Mm. But I don't do the reversed thing. Okay. Yeah. And I just pull it and look at it. I don't worry about. It. I don't do like a whole spread or anything. Yeah. Anyway, I just like. It was just what I needed to hear. I was like, That's great. there so, have been so many times with these tarot cards that I have felt like, oh my God, 
my spirits are talking to me through these things. Like they, mm. they, they've got a clear, this is their, this is their avenue. They got a clear shot to me through these cards. Mm. And I don't always hear them otherwise, you know, but usually when I pull a card, I'm like, Oh, yep. Got it. Mm. You know, it's like really clear. Who knows? Maybe that would be true if, with anything, if I did a daily horoscope thing or if I did, you know, well, I love that. I, I just did an exercise this week, yesterday, actually. So I'm part of this copywriting group where people are learning to, to write better. And we do these exercise, different exercises. And the person who led us through, her name is Molly Mandelberg. And this week, she had us write as if our guides were speaking to us. Mm. And she said, you know, you, you can believe that that's true or not. Just pretend. Um, and I don't usually take that perspective. Like I don't usually go into meditations listening for another voice to guidance, but I really enjoyed the exercise. I found it super helpful. There's something like there is some part of me or something that can speak through me that isn't wrapped up in all of my travails and yeah. details, things I'm concerned about. It's like, it's just got a perspective. It's like, yeah, just do this or like, go for it or you don't need to pretend it was very confident that that voice i love that and so i like i like finding different ways to access it whether it's through tarot or through a writing exercise or you know maybe you or channel or something yeah um i i don't know how much of that i believe anymore but sometimes i'll i'll cast the I Ching and like throw some coins and see what symbolism comes up and maybe it's just that the reflection something to reflect against yeah, bring some inspiration. I, I mean, I think that's largely it. That there's that there's often some part of us that knows what we need to hear, and mm -hmm. we see it in in other stuff. Like when right. we open ourselves up to be to be willing to 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 be guided or be taught. Yes. Yeah. Whatever we see and however we whatever it is we're using, right? Leaves, a tarot mm -hmm. card, mm -hmm. uh, you know, whatever it is. Well, maybe tell us what we know we need to hear. Like, we'll maybe yeah. tell, we'll maybe help us get in touch with a deeper knowing piece of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Which mm -hmm. is, who knows if that's the same or different than sort of spirits, angels, higher power. Right, like, right. Yeah. Maybe it's that's I, the same thing. Maybe my higher power is my deepest knowing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, uh, I have a, you just, stumbled on uh, one of my little pet peeves in the, in the new age movement is when people only refer to higher power as uh -huh. like their greatest wisdom. You just said your deeper wisdom, like, yeah, let's go. It's, it's higher. It's deeper. It's wider. Mm -hmm. we just say greater. Like why is it always up? You know, don't yeah, forget sort that. of out there and for me to achieve in, or reach in for. The sky, you know, it's the earth has got some. Totally. Oh, that's great. Thanks for letting me vent on that. Whew. <laughs> I want to. I want to come back. I want to circle back around. Yeah. To the, to our strawberry tigers yeah. above, tiger below, yeah. because I'm wondering, does that little story tell us anything about improv, or does improv tell us anything about that story? Hmm. Okay. You if go I were first. to, if I've, I got, to, I've got something too. Yeah. If I were to put that in an improv context, I think I think one interpretation is. The tigers above and the tigers below are fear, your fear. Mm -hmm. And 
the strawberry is your partner. Ooh, nice. Are the fears different or are they the same tiger? I mean, I same know. breed, same. I don't know. I haven't figured that out yet. I, but mm -hmm. I think that the things we are afraid of, it, it even could be a bad, it could be a bad scene, right? It could be a bad mm. scene, okay. you know, or a bad, like this, yeah, it's not going well. It's right. One is self-doubt, one's the audience. Yeah, exactly. One's second-guessing, mm -hmm. one's effort, one's fear, one's, you know, like, mm. and, mm -hmm. and the strawberry is like, oh, but here I am mm. with you. Cool. And that's, I mean, that's, that's sacred, right? That, Love it. That connection. All Love right, what, what you got? What I, what I noticed in the story is that in order to have that sweet moment of the strawberry, in a scene, you need to have the real stakes. You need to have real tension of like, this matters. I don't know if that's actually true that you have to have that kind of stakes, but like, if you can amplify the stakes so that this is like, <gasps> we're on the edge, I, I care about that. And then it's like, now this little piece becomes so precious. Mm. So the, the word, the line that you say, or the, the gesture you share, or the breath you take on stage, that little tiny detail you do becomes this amplified experience for the audience and for the players because the stakes have been made so tangible. All right, I got another one. Okay. It's so easy to, when you're in that situation, to only pay attention to the tigers. Mm-hmm. So when you said in order to have that strawberry, my mind auto filled, you've got to be paying attention. Mm -hmm. You've mm -hmm. got to be willing to see what's in front of you. Okay, cool. And not just see your fear mm -hmm. or not just see, not be paying attention to the story in your head, not be paying attention to what just happened or what you think might need to happen or what right. will happen or prepare for that thing or, or rethink how you dealt with that thing before or like regret that you jumped off the cliff in the first place or like, mm -hmm. why didn't I climb a tree instead? Whatever, all the things. It's like, no, 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 but you got to get here so you yeah. can see what's here. Mm. Because it would be so easy just to focus on survival. Right. And forget to notice delight. Right, there's a little bit of lateral thinking involved. Like, even if you're fully present in, this, in a scene you're creating with your partners and you get all, yeah, you want to create some heightened attention, ratchet it up. But if, if you only get caught in the sort of plot advancements and the things that are going wrong and the things that are creating the tension and you forget the color of this particular moment, the particular relationship, the color of the strawberry in the story stands out to me. It's like, I guess the tigers are orange too, but, the, but there's like this bright red thing in the middle of the cliff is like a tan kind of drab cliff. Yeah. Here's this like, oh, right. I, when I'm doing a scene on stage, I don't have to only be dealing with the big concerns it's like what's the small thing that can bring this thing alive yeah but also i mean not but yes also <laughs> um sometimes the strawberry you don't you're not even you don't even it's not anything that you could have foreseen would be there so it's right so it's like the strawberry is somebody yelling on the street outside the theater or the strawberry mm -hmm. is a baby crying in the audience or the strawberry mm -hmm. is is mm -hmm. is somebody tripping or a glass breaking in the in right. the house or you know clanking pipes in the bayfront mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. like that's the strawberry but if you're only paying attention to uh, nice 
your yeah. imagined world, you miss it because because you're it's easy to be like, well, that's not part of this scene. That's right. part of the real world. And it's like, no, it's all part of the scene. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. all part of the scene. Nice. So honing a wider attention, a greater attention, that's not Higher, deeper. Looking, <laughs> wider, deeper. That's not only looking for one kind of thing, right? Yeah. So that you yeah, can yeah. be delighted by another kind of thing. I love it. And that that insight for the improv world, of course, extends nicely out to life as well. Like, yeah. you know, not just the things that you expected to come upon or that plan to come upon, but the little signals you get from the, the little winking reflective lights from the other side of the forest. Yeah. Can, can well, that's you. one thing that this moon card, uh, it said, embrace all that the darkness brings and the daylight will come all the sooner or something like that. Hmm. Let me see. And I was like, what is this darkness bringing? What? Embrace, embrace the darkness. What is it bringing? Embrace that which darkness can bring, then daylight will return all the sooner. And I was like, oh. I like <laughs> challenge of Really? I have to embrace the darkness? Something <laughs> wonderful right now is just like, oh God, it's so dark. It's mm. so dark. It will wax. The moon will wax. Yeah, that's what the hmm. card says. Okay. How about that? All right, Lisa. I think I think you know. I, I love taking a story like this and playing with it. Like unpacking I don't know what's it. there. Just unpacking. I don't know what's there. What could be there? And and good stories, good teaching stories like that have multiple interpretations. Yeah, I like it too. I like it and too. That's one of the things when I was in divinity school that I loved getting back to the original stories of Jesus because, you know, so much of Christianity is like, this is what Christianity means. And here, and you go back to the teachings and it's like, no, the thing about the parables is you don't know what the meaning is mm-hmm. and you have to kind of talk it out. And like multiple possibilities could, uh, you kind of leave going like, well, I don't know, but that was interesting to think about it. So I love doing that with this. This feels like a little, that seems little, like such a healthier, well, uh, that seems like such a healthy way to do religion mm-hmm. is like a, a process of exploration mm-hmm. inquiry instead of set of, instead of a set of rules. Right. Right. little wonder. Yeah. Nice. So there you have it. So I, I think, uh, I think we're at about time. So maybe we should start, uh, start pulling this together, but right. I appreciate your willingness to, to dive in sight unseen. Oh, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Always, always yeah. willing more surprise mm-hmm. topics i'm into it mm-hmm. and again and get- if anybody out there has an idea for a topic send it you can send it to ted at monsterbabypodcast.com or lisa at monsterbabypodcast.com if you want one of us to keep it a secret from the other right and just you should know that i had a major major website breakdown this a week ago uh, all three anima learning playful mindfulness and monster baby podcast were all down Yikes. My, e- my email got erased. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. And in the, in the repair process, I found out that the Monster Baby podcast mail apparently has been down for quite some time. Really? So, yeah. So listeners. That must be why we haven't gotten mail. It can't be that <laughs> nobody has been emailing us. If you have sent a note to us in the past, let's call it four or five months, maybe even longer. I, I don't know. But it's if you send something to us in the last bit of time and we didn't respond, 
That's it's because why. it didn't get through, and I really we're so apologize. Exci- we're so excited yeah. by mail. Yeah, we so, would always we would always mention it. Yeah, so send it back in. Get, it get us going again. Are yeah. we sure it's working now? Where it's back? Yes, up it's now working. It's okay. definitely working now. All right. So yeah, info at monsterbabypodcast.com. Dot com. Okay, let's let these good people go. Yeah, thank you for thank spending you. the time with us. And uh, hey, what's your strawberry, people? What is it? What's your strawberry? Lisa, you just had your arms outstretched at the end of this episode. I after did. This episode. What's that? What's the? Feels good. Yeah, it feels good. Make your wingspan as long as it can be. How long? How long have, has it been since you did that? Like well, actually, not that shoulder. long, because when I went to get my vaccines today, I did an expansive power pose to get my testosterone levels up, so I could <laughs> handle the situation better. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and and fun fact, fun fact. Did you know that your wingspan, on average, for people, is your same as your height? Is your height? I did know that. Yeah. But I think cool. Michael Phelps is all screwed up. Like I That's feel right. like his wingspan yes. is like way out of proportion. And Kevin Durant, basketball player. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It makes a big difference if you're a basketball player to have long arms to grab rebounds. Anyway, about the episode. <laughs> that was yeah. Thanks. Thank you for listening. Uh, I that was delight. I found that delightful. Hmm. I, yeah, I just, I love the story and, and it was I fun did, to yeah, see did. what you came up with and to bounce ideas back and forth. And, yeah, I like the sort of like, okay, here's an interpretation. Okay, here's an interpretation. Okay, what if it's this? Like, that was fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the, uh, the mindfulness stuff co- naturally comes out of it. Thank you, Tibetans. Right. For bringing us mindfulness and, you know, uh, all that teaching. But but it's fun to kind of dive into improv at the end as well. Yeah. I, an homage to our listeners. I mean, if we're going to promise a curious romp to the world's mindfulness and improv, got to bring the improv in. So we better. All right, yeah. Ted, what do you what you got coming up? Hey, yeah, as I mentioned in the intro, uh, I've got a right to speak, finding and freeing your natural voice class coming up. It starts on Tuesday, October sixth, starting six p.m. Uh, Pacific time, and it's all about uh, personal presence and vocal delivery. A lot of vocal exercises to warm up and feel good about your voice. I love teaching it. People seem to enjoy it. It works well over Zoom, surprisingly. Would love to have you in it. Playfulmindfulness.info. You can get all your all your deets there. Dot info. <laughs> it's not the same. Uh, work as well. Great. And I have a cat on my lap. So that is worth the price of admission alone. Put it in your calendar. <laughs> Put it in your catender. Your cat, your calendar. All right. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for listening, folks. If you if you like it, uh, leave a review, send a note, tell your friends, get your family on board, have a and parade. Let us know who your huckleberry is. Yeah, and what your strawberry is. We'd love to hear. Yeah. So thanks for listening. We love you. Bye, everybody.